All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What is going on out there? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. This is the 1500th episode. Is that a big deal? It's a lot of episodes. It makes me feel like sometimes if I don't know if I've talked to somebody or not, that I'm not losing my mind. It's just hard to keep it all in my head. There's been times recently where I'm like, did we interview that guy? I don't know. I got to go check myself. It's like my part of my brain is the website for this podcast and Brendan McDonald's memory. Those are two functioning parts of my mind right now in terms of how long it's been and what we've been doing here. Anyway, look, 1500. Now, look, I, I want to talk about it for a minute because as some of you know, over the years, we've done special episodes for these double zero episodes. Okay. Yes. It, it's a milestone 1500, but it's also just another episode. And the last time we tried to, I remember for the thousandth, we, uh, we reached out to Bob Dylan. Well, it was like this big process. And I've probably told this story before, but it was just one of these uh, revelatory moments where the booking agents uh, told me like, hey, maybe you write a handwritten letter. So I write this handwritten letter uh, and, I, and, I, and I scan it and I send it off to, to, you know, Bob Dylan's guy. And it's very thoughtful and it's for the thousandth, you know. And then you know, the bookers recommend I just call Rosen. That's Dylan's guy. Call Jeff, just talk to him. So I got on the phone with Jeff Rosen, Dylan's guy. And I'm like, so listen, Jeff, you know, we met a few years back. You know, uh, I met him years ago when I was at uh, Short Attention Span Theater. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I remember. I'm like, well, look, you know, we got this thousandth episode and it's be, you know, it's a kind of a big deal for us. Big deal for uh, our listeners. And we just think it'd be amazing if uh, maybe Bob Dylan would uh, would be the one thousandth guest on uh, my amazing podcast. Uh, So. What are the chances of that happening, Jeff? And Jeff said, zero. Zero. He said he's got no axe to grind. He's not very good at him anyways. And I'm like, well, thanks for that. But that but that told me a couple of things, you know. It was like, all right, well, maybe this isn't as big a deal as, it, uh, as I think it is. My show. We ended having a great show without him, despite that. But this one... Now, yes, look, I've talked to a lot of people. There are very few people that I haven't talked to that I really want to talk to. And we were thinking about how we were going to do this. And the truth is, this is just another episode when it comes right down to it. Look, if we've done our jobs here, episode 1500 should be as true to the show as episode 100 or 500 or 1400. You know, I mean, we always wonder what we if we should do something special But the truth of the matter is, like, look at Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks was a guest who definitely fits the description of a 1500th episode guest. Now, we got Albert Brooks and he wanted his episode to air close to the release of his documentary in November. And he also, between us, thought that being the 1500th guest would be too much pressure. So he was happy that it didn't time out right. That's true. Now, I think what happened during this talk with Paul Giamatti is actually the ideal version 
of what can happen when someone shows up in my garage and it just clicks. And this happens a lot. It's not a rare thing, but it's been happening pretty consistently for 1,500 shows. And this this show with Paul, we did it a couple of weeks ago and we kind of sat on it. And uh, I said right after it was done, I said, that one's a great one. I mean, that's that's exactly what we do here. I mean, look, when I started this show, I was just trying to reconnect with my community, to talk to my peers. There was a lot of apologizing going on. At the beginning, there was no there was no real professional boundary there. I don't have boundaries. They were still on my show. I was going to talk. I was there to talk to them. And as I tell people sometimes when they ask me, you know, how I develop my interview process, I'll say, look, for the first hundred episodes, it was just me inviting celebrities over to talk about my problems. The point is, those conversations were engaged. They were familiar. They were with people I kind of knew almost. But now, as time went on, people got more famous. They got more notable. And and my life grew bigger because of this podcast. I mean, even when we did Robin Williams, who was certainly more famous and more notable, but I kind of knew that guy. You know, we knew of each other. But, you know, then we had a president on. I didn't know that guy. I I had I did not know President Barack Obama before he came to my house. No idea. I had a sense of who he was and what he'd done. I I knew what his job was, but but that's the point. My life over time grew because of this podcast. It grew to uh, include uh, broadening my audience building a bigger audience, having a, a successful stand-up career, having my own show on IFC, having a successful acting career, uh, kind of getting more skilled and deeper with what I do here and all other parts of my life. I mean, it, it really has changed. Some things haven't changed, okay? Some things haven't changed. Like, for instance, uh, I just quit nicotine again. For those of you who've been with me for since the beginning, how many fucking times have I been through this cycle? I'm at the end of my rope right now. Every nerve, every I, I, I'm on my last nerve. Is that what they say? I'm a fucking raw nerve right now because I do the same thing with nicotine all the time. Some of you know this. This is a consistent pattern. There are consistent patterns in my life. But in terms of my abilities creatively, personally, with this show, with the other things, with acting, that's all evolving. I'm definitely a different guy. But God damn, I want to want some nicotine. I'll be all right. I just I get to the point I hit a wall and I think that, you know, my pancreas is going to fall out and everything's shutting down. And I got off. But it's like the excitement of deep addictive craving Uh is not to be fucked with. woo It's something, man. I'm lit up. And I know the only thing that can put it out is some nicotine. I'm not going to have it. Look, some things about me are consistent. Some of my behavior, some of my tics, some of my habits, they're consistent. But over the arc of this podcast, who I am in the world, my skill set, my creativity, how I engage with people, the depth I've been able to access in myself and others has all expanded and changed. I mean, here's the deal, and this is why on the 1500th on the fifth and this is why on the 1500th episode I'm going to be sitting here with a guy who's on an Oscar campaign and I'm having the same type of kind of engaged connected 
authentic conversation that I had with my comedian friends when I started out on this show, however many years ago was that. And now I can speak about a different skill set. And now I can create a familiarity with people who, who I, I wouldn't have early on. I didn't even really like to have actors on early on. But that's not the point. Obviously, the connection between me and Paul is deeper than, you know, acting or whatever. We just hit it off. And, and, I, and, I, and I can do that with a lot of people. And I don't know where it's going to go. And I just knew when I was done with this thing, it was a great episode. And the bottom line is that a lot has changed in 1,500 episodes, but some very important things haven't changed at all. And that is why it is still rewarding to do this. I don't know what's going to happen. I did not know what was going to happen with Paul. I assume that things are going to happen that don't. And usually that's a good thing. But it's sort of fucking amazing that we're still operating at this level. And, and here's the thing about what we do here is that you listen to this Paul Giamatti episode and you, you kind of get in, you know, Paul Giamatti, right? You know him, right? You got a good sense of Paul Giamatti, but you don't really. I didn't. And I think he may have surprised himself during this conversation. It's just something happens in this room and in the old garage and on these mics and in that chair across from me that the president sat in. Something happens sometimes where there's such an honest, candid, connected engagement that you get a very full sense in a very deep way. Even if the conversation isn't deep, you get a very full sense in a very deep way of who we are, because it's not about information. It's about connection. And that's really the nuance of one doing audio and two, not doing a structured journalistic interview, whatever those are. But I just feel like, yeah, you think, you know, Paul, now you will. I don't think you did before. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's the best I can do. So folks, I'm at Largo in Los Angeles on Tuesday, January 9th, San Diego. I'm at the observatory North park on Saturday, January 27th for two shows, San Francisco at the Castro theater on Saturday, February 3rd, Portland, Maine. I'm at the state theater on Thursday, March 7th, Medford, Massachusetts outside of Boston at the Chevalier theater on Friday, March 8th, Providence, Rhode Island at the strand theater on Saturday, March 9th. Terrytown, New York at the Terrytown Music Hall on Sunday, March 10th. Atlanta, Georgia. I'm at the Buckhead Theater on Friday, March 22nd. Madison, Wisconsin at the Barrymore Theater on Wednesday, April 3rd. Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Turner Hall Ballroom on Thursday, April 4th. Chicago at the Vic uh, on Friday, April 5th. And Minneapolis, I'm at the Pantages Theater on Saturday, April 6th. Go to wtfpod.com slash tour for tickets. All right. So Paul Giamatti, I love the guy. Who doesn't love Paul Giamatti? I mean, how is that not everyone's one of their favorite actors? I mean, come on. I watch Sideways two or three times a year. I love that fucking movie. This new movie he's in, The Holdovers. He's great. There's an intensity to him. I just watched Cinderella Man again. Great. He's just... It, you guys, this is one of our great American actors. This is Paul Giamatti. But this is our 1500th episode. And I did not know. I did not know. I never know. 
what's going to happen. But let me tell you something. Whatever happened with me and Paul in this talk happened right away, and it stuck. It stayed there. So The Holdovers is now streaming on Peacock and playing in select theaters. This is a classic WTF episode for our 1500th with uh, the inimitable Paul Giamatti. Well, that's what happened to me on the uh, at the other place. Like it was a cute house and everything, but I had a lot of history there. Yeah, a lot of things went down. Yeah. A lot of things good. A lot of I things think bad. That's just part of what it yeah, is. Yeah, layers of stuff. Yes. And when I when I finally you know, when a, a girlfriend finally you know found this house, she said, "What about this one?" I'm like, "I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy that house." Yeah. I don't miss that fucking place at all. Yeah. I don't think I'd miss. <laughs> I don't think I'd miss. I have a lot of books. Yeah. Which is great, but then they start to feel, I, that starts to feel crazy. And I start to feel, I said the other day, I feel like, you know, the Collier brothers were? They were the two kind of really crazy, I think they were twins. Yeah. And they lived in New York yeah. in, in sort of the nine, early 1900s. Right. Okay. And they were super, I think they were really wealthy and yeah. hoarding. And, oh, yeah. And one guy got buried under the bookshelf falling over on him. <laughs> and the other guy couldn't find him. And I was like, and for some reason, I just feel like... <laughs> The books are great, but they're actually depressing me now. I got a whole room of them. <sighs> but let me ask you a question. I mean, I know you, you grew up in academia to a degree, yep. but I always aspired to having the books. <laughs> me too. And like I used to talk about like, you know, and I look at the books and maybe in a third of them, there's a bookmark at page 30. Maybe. <laughs> there's so many of them are abandoned and it's just the whole thing is actually getting depressing to me. Well, that's because we're getting to a certain age. Well, there's that too, but it's a compulsion too. It's like I can't stop buying them. You so still then do? I, uh, uh, that, which makes me feel crazy. What was the last book you bought? Oh, I just bought a bunch. <laughs> I just bought like 10 books. <laughs> I, I come out here. One of the reasons I like coming out here. Yeah. And actually Glendale's interesting. Yeah. One of the reasons I like coming out here is there's really good used bookstores out in L.A. Okay. So Most what, were you, what were you searching for? <laughs> Sci- like old, shitty sci-fi books. Oh, that's good. Oh, it's great. Yeah. But I have way too many of them. And now I'm the guy who's like, I'm going to have five editions of the same thing just because I like the different covers. Sure. You're a completist? You have to have- I don't know. No, it's like, I'm, it's compulsive. It's just like, it's, oh, that's a new one. It's a mania. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a cool cover. It's weird. I kind of stopped- Buying books. Because I was always the guy that would buy the books, you know, like the postmodern philosophy uh-huh. that I could never understand. Never read them. Never understand. I have a lot of that shit. Well, I used to, I used to do <laughs> Never I, read it. I, I try. Dude. Me I, too. Never read it. Well, the, the observation I had, and I've said it on stage before, is that the, the thing about those books is like, oh, look at these books. Oh. And I'll, I, I'll underline, dude. Oh. I'll underline. Sure. But like- <laughs> But I, I retain nothing. Nothing. But, and it's almost like just having the thing itself, I'm somehow going to absorb something well, from it. Well, that's what I realize is that when you're reading it, it feels like you're thinking it. Yes, and that's then, true. And then, <laughs> and then it's but over. you're not. No, you know, totally. Then it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And I have that. I have a ton of science books. Oh. Physics and all physics. of the quantum shit. But I understand. And I try. And talk about a bookmark at about 
10 pages yeah. in and I'm you done. You try with physics. I tr oh, I try with all kinds of science. I remember when I was younger when chaos theory was a Yes, thing. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All of that kind of shit. I got to get that. Love it. Yeah. Oh, this is fascinating. <laughs> and I get the gist of yeah, it and yeah. that's sort of good enough. Yeah. You know and, I mean? but the, the, the gist <laughs> I have of, the gist of a lot of things. Yeah. And just so you can, <laughs> when people bring it up, you can at least nod in agreement mm -hmm. without lying, knowing that you read it, but you can't yeah. really engage in the whole conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> and now I get sent books from you know publishers and people. Oh, I bet. You know, and and there was a lot of that going on, and some of that I've grown able to get to unload them, but I still have uh -huh. the core bunch. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. I have the core bunch oh, of yeah. about like a thousand or fifteen hundred. Easily, yeah. And uh, and then like here's the other thing about the books is like they start you can start to smell the paper rot. Oh yeah. So that room, but I kind of like it because I have I the do room. Too. Like this was all in my old garage, but the smell of that. No, no, I realize specific. I realized I was going to say to you one of the reasons yeah. I used to come. The only reason I would come to Glendale when I come out here was there were a bunch of good used bookstores. Mm -hmm. And I've been obsessed with used bookstores my whole well, life. Yeah. And then I realized what I've done to my apartment is You've I've recreated one. a used bookstore. <laughs> and it smells <laughs> like the fucking place. And it's I'm not kidding. I swear to God, what I've done is created a used bookstore. Yeah, and, well, so, well, let me know when you open it to the public. I'm thinking when about you, it. I've thought about it. I've sometimes. thought about that too. But then if, even if you want to have a garage sale, you gotta, you, they're going to come to your house. They're going to come to my house and they're going to take shit and I'm going to be like, no, 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 not that one. Yeah, you can be that guy. Yes. It seems like you have your future planned. <laughs> and they're going to take me feet first out of the yeah. hefty bag yeah, just after they, dead. After they lift the bookshelf off. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. It's going to happen. But how big is the place? Two bedroom? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a two-bedroom. Yeah. It's a nice place, but but it's it's all books, shelves. The whole apartment's bookshelf. And you have a house somewhere? No, I don't have a house. I used to have a house in Venice, but I never lived there. I bought it a long time ago. Yeah. And then I never lived there. It was a rental property. I just sold it like a year ago. Yeah? Yeah. It was uh, nice. It was great, but I never lived there. So what are you reading now? Is what it all sci-fi? I'm reading a mystery novel right oh. now, but I do read a lot of sci-fi. Yeah. That's the thing is I'm not reading. I'm not uh, doing a lot of heavy lifting. I'm not sitting around reading yeah. Dostoevsky yeah. and shit. I'm reading like old science fiction. I'd like to reread Dostoevsky. That's the other dream. It's like, I'm going to give, I'm going to go back to crime and punishment. I can't even, and you get to a certain age, I, I can't even manage the names. It takes, yeah, well, there's that too. I can't remember the names. And then it just, it's, I read much more slowly now too. Which I try, is good in a way. I, I like to I read nonfiction. More. That's what I. Ah, see, I'm not good at reading nonfiction. You're not? No. Every now and then I'll, I'll hit a nonfiction thing, generally a biography and if I get through it, I feel really accomplished. I'm yeah. like, wow, I got through that. But, I did my homework. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. No, and it generally has to be kind of kind of racy or mm -hmm. something because mm -hmm. otherwise I get lost. But also the thing with nonfiction is I start going, I can't, I can't remember the dates. I can't remember yeah, the names, yeah. but I've never been able to do that. Yeah, so I get very, it is like homework. I yeah. get very, very like, I got to remember the names. I got to remember the dates. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get so out. proud when I finish a book. Like I'll have it on the table for me a long too. time. People come by like, well, how's that book? I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm the same way. Very proud. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's really stupid. So let's like, where'd you grow up? New Haven, Connecticut. All right. So let's deal with this thing. Like, so- S Sally's or Frank Pepe's? Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Pepe's. <laughs> no, no, no. No, absolutely. Pepe's. Pepe's. Have you been there? Yeah. Have you been to those pizza places? Yes. Both of them? Yep. Um, now there's a, there's other ones. No, too. I know. I know. But like but you Pepe's. grew up with it. But Pepe's. I didn't know 
I didn't know about the phenomenon of it. And I, you know, look, I went to school in Boston. I did my, yeah. started my comedy career doing. Yeah. I know new. I know that drive from Boston to New Where York. Where are you from? Well, I grew up in New Mexico. Okay. My folks are from Jersey, so I okay. always had a relationship. Yes. But I was in Boston for years. Mm-hmm. So I know that run from you know Boston to New York and everything in between. And mm-hmm. like, and I actually auditioned for Yale Drama School in the most ridiculous. Really? Rid- it was ridiculous. Why? Dude. I don't even want, I can't even. Your, oh, your dad on. was probably president at the he time. Might, he probably, he might have been. It, yeah. was, it had to have been Possible. like, uh, it was. Uh, when was it? Do you remember? It was probably 86, 85, 86. Sure. Uh, no, I don't think he was anymore oh. then. But what if just, you know. I, I was like so cocky and mm-hmm. so like, you know, not prepared. And then it, I remember very well because I was like, it was, <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd gotten the audition. I'd done a little <clears throat> acting in college. Mm. And Derek Walcott, oh. he was, a, I took a playwriting seminar with oh, him. Wow. But I was, I was bad at all this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I remember like, I was like, I'm going to go audition for yeah. Yale, drama school. Uh-huh. And so like, and I had no idea about show business or about like yeah. what it took. So it, for a headshot, I gave a photo booth, like a strip of photo booth pictures. That's great, though. right? But and then like I needed a referral letter, so I was like, I gotta get Derek to give me one. And like oh, I sort of wow. the day before, I went over to his apartment on campus and I knocked on the door. I'm like, "Will you write me a referral for Yale?" And he was in his bathrobe and he had you know, this big Caribbean man. He's like, "Okay, come in." He stands up, he types it on a hand typewriter and sends me away with it. And uh, how the fuck did you not get in to some place? Because that would have been, I mean, well, I would that's have what taken I thought. you in a heartbeat. Right. I thought that, that the, the audacity. Of I it. mean, just, yeah, absolutely. But, but crazy. They, they're not into audacity. They, like, <laughs> no, here's, they're not but in here's some what, ways. I think you're right. But here's what I realized. I'm, I'm waiting to do the audition. There's a woman waiting, hmm. and she is deep into some, like, like heavy, kind of like she's rehearsing with her hands, like, whoa! Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. And she's doing movement. Sure, Grotowski and, or whatever Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah or the, uh, what was that Japanese uh, uh, Buto. Yeah, like that. It was like crazy. <laughs> and I had that moment, like, before I'm about to go in, not unlike an audition where I'm like, Oh, I'm not getting this. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know, man. I would have taken... Do you remember what you did? Did you have to do monologues Yeah, and, and I stuff? picked some weird, weird fucking, uh, yeah. you know, Greek <laughs> for that. I didn't even do Shakespeare for awesome. the classic. Some it was some, like, a, up yeah, Greek, Greek thing. thing. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm mispronouncing <laughs> things. And I did a Sam Shepard piece <laughs> for the for the current one. I don't remember <laughs> if it was Cowboy Mouth or no, something. Excellent. But excellent. I'm like, I decided that an action I would do, it. I would jerk off my belt. <laughs> And, and, oh my God! And they were just looking at me. Had I been in charge, man, I, you would have absolutely been in. They were I just mean, looking at me, and I, well. it was like it's one of those, you know, those moments when you're uh, you're doing acting, auditioning, or whatever, you know, and you're not in a production, but you're being judged by people. Yes, and they're they they they're right up there on the list of the most embarrassing moments yeah, of your fucking couldn't life. Possibly be more embarrassing. It was one of those. No, the most naked, vulnerable, yeah, idiotic. A, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. It's a long drive back <laughs> to Boston. Oh, God. I love that. I love hearing that. Yeah. I wish you'd gotten in. Oh, I would have been what? great. You think? I yes. might have learned how to do it. Little, no, you would have been fantastic. It would have been good to have some context. There was a guy in my craft. class. Yeah. I went to the old drama school. There was a guy like that in my class. Really? He, he laughed after the first year. Why? why? I just couldn't it was, handle it. Yeah, no, he could handle it. Yeah. He couldn't handle him. Yeah, and it was like he just couldn't. He was great. Yeah, 
great actor. And huh. it's like, I don't, I think he still acts. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. I loved him. And he uh, was the best. Well, there's always he that guy. He didn't give a shit. Right. He right. didn't give a yeah. shit. It there's always great. the guy that's like, you remember that guy? He was mm-hmm. a genius. <laughs> and no one knows what happened to him. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it's, 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 he was the first guy. 90% of the time, not a good story. No, it's but not. <laughs> probably not. But, but he was the first guy I can yeah. remember. This is, you know, what is this? The early 90s. First guy I can remember seeing walking around in his pajamas. Yeah. You know, wearing his pajama yeah. top out in public yeah. or wearing his pajama <laughs> bottoms out in public. And I remember thinking, this is special. This, <laughs> this, guy, this guy's got something. He's really, this guy has definitely the, got yeah, like He's on. on his own time zone, Absolutely. this guy. He's a genius. He, I can, <laughs> he's a genius. <laughs> the pajama top genius. <laughs> yes. He's a genius. And is he it, really was a brilliant actor. Of he course. Was. But yeah. you, if you're of a certain type of sensitivity... Yeah, and you come from a mild insanity yourself. Yeah. You're always going to think that yeah. you know lunatics are geniuses. Geniuses and are geniuses. It, but it, but if you can't apply it, no, it's not genius. <laughs> it's, I guess not. It really is that. They're thing just of special, like, man. They're just yeah, they're like just a, special. They're really interesting. Sure, yeah. I've, I've followed a lot of those guys around. You must have. You must have. Right. I mean, well, just I, so you know them yeah, in you comedy do. and in yeah. life. I remember one time when I was the a comedy kid. Comedy seems to be yeah. just chock a block with guys like that. Well, sure, we're we're you know kind of asocial. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, and that's owner. a definite indication that you got something sure. special going on. Of course, if you're completely you, well, asocial, yeah, because you can't fit into the normal <laughs> expectations of no. life. No, and then you just decide <laughs> to do this job where you wander around <laughs> from town to town, <laughs> staying in shitty hotels and. <laughs> Talking to strangers, uh, it's not it's not what it used to be. But I remember when I was in high school, I got obsessed with this guy. Where I, I worked at a, a restaurant across from the university, and there was a like a schizophrenic guy mm-hmm. who used to sit there, mm-hmm. and he wore these you know, lace up boots to mm-hmm. his fucking knees mm-hmm. and shorts mm-hmm. and a denim vest, and he would smoke Winchesters, <laughs> and he would draw pictures that made no sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no one knows, but this guy, guy's a fucking he, genius. He's onto something. He's totally on. And I brought something. him to my house. I, I took wow. him on like a stray animal. Risky. My mom knew him. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> did you find out his story? Was it like he was like, well, oh, this guy was a minister at one time no, or I, something? I or think he was... what it was, and this has happened to me before in terms of like trying to get backstory. I figured out his name mm-hmm. and I think he was like living in a, a, a an abandoned house. Yeah. And I, I figured out that he was from Jersey or somewhere. Uh-huh. And he used to draw pictures of guns and he'd write a lot of things that didn't make sense. <laughs> and it was art. It looked like outsider art. Yeah. Yeah. And his name was Pete Newhart. And I tracked oh, down wow. his family. Holy shit. And he was like, he was just, what it usually Pete is, is Newhart. the family's like, the family's like, yes, we know. Yeah. 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 Nothing you know, we, we did everything we could. gone for years. No, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yale, New Haven was filled with fascinating people yeah. like this. Well, I think universities attract. And you grew People up like in like your you grew up the whole time in New Haven when your dad was a, a like a professor. Yeah, first. I was a professor for years. Yeah, so I grew up in New Haven. Yeah, and like you, they were just around. They gravitate to the university. I think they do. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they're at the university too. Yeah, there's all the kind of eternal, perpetual grad student guys. Yeah, and women who are yeah. kind of there forever. Yeah, and they're fucking weird. Yeah, and they're hanging around the coffee shops. Yeah, and they've got stacks of books and they've been there forever and oh, they're never going to leave. Shops. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They're like you know, so and they're almost the same thing. Sure, and it's very much this kind of like 
marginal yeah. genius thing right. of some guy who's up there studying Mesopotamian poetry sure, yeah. and he's never going to fucking do anything That's but right, that. Yeah. And, Cracking the cuneiform and, and, code. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Cracking the Mayan hieroglyphs. Yeah, yeah. And he, who the fuck knows where he's from yeah. and where he's, you know, yeah. and he's just found this place yeah. and that's where he's landed and he's never going to leave. I know. But and that's what I feel like in my apartment. Yeah, yeah. But but you're but you're not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm worried I am. But that's you know what the thing. weird thing is? I think that certain type of people, and I'm one of them, <laughs> you, you're jealous of those guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucked up thing. I know. I'm really envious. And there's a strange desire to yeah, be yeah. one of those yeah, guys. Yeah. No, that totally. guy doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and he's off on his own stupid weird thing. Yeah, yeah. And he's studying the Babylonian yeah. shit. Yeah. He's doing the most marginal fucking thing possible. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing we don't see is when they're at home going like, what am I doing? Totally. <laughs> totally. But I think in my imagination, they, they don't never, have that moment. They never do that. I think in my mind yeah. they never have that moment yeah and they just they they're always no. the weirdo they're always they're happy to be the weirdo they're happy to be the marginal I... genius nobody listens to and nobody pays any attention to yeah yeah but I, I, I can't i don't think that's true no 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 they're they're all <laughs> mentally ill paul and they're, they're just, yeah, there's just no room in the in the hospital for them no, and... it really is no <laughs> they found a different hospital sure yeah, yeah but like i know that whole vibe that you know that coffee shop scene yes. that big work like because yes. i was in boston for years in harvard square Full used to have that absolutely you know there were just those places where totally the way i i but for me my I friend know. used to call it the off-campus housing guys yeah you know what i mean the dudes who are you know you're living off campus and yeah, there's yeah. some guy down the hallway right. who's some weird guy sure. and like sure. you who's know, been in the house for 30 years totally and he's watched several different crews <laughs> totally of undergrads totally. And, grads and every now and then oh he left me a pot of beans outside my door what the fuck yeah the guy down the hall yeah you know, it's just yeah. weird yeah what is he's he got do? a monkey I think in there, you know what I mean? It's just like, what is going on? Yep, there was a. I lived in a house like that. Yes, in Somerville. Yes, everybody. Yeah, I did too in New Haven. Oh, uh, I don't know. Do they exist still? I wonder. I don't, I don't think. I think we were the last generation. But that's interesting. Why doesn't it exist anymore? Where's it gone? Well, because I think, I think you're right. It doesn't really happen so much anymore. Because I think we were tethered to the the sort of end of a, a wave that was connected to some intellectual, artistic tradition mm-hmm. that we still aspire to. And I think once everything became fragmented mm-hmm. and and more uh, self centered that and decontextualized because of the internet, that there's no you don't feel that legacy anymore. That's interesting. I, did, I sounded like one of those books. Well, I fucking read. amazing, dude. <laughs> you, you really took that. Did that on. make sense? It did, actually. Yeah. And I, it's interesting that thing of like, like subcultures are gone. I mean, yeah. it's obvious, I guess, but yeah. it's like they just disappeared with, yep. the, with the internet. Now I think so. everything's subculture. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you can. Well, it's, it's small. It's overculture. Now, yeah, yeah. Everybody can it. find their own little cranny in the, uh, in the mediated world. Yeah. There was something about lack of mediation, yeah. I think, that, that helped things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading those books or taking that class about, you know, mediation yeah. and, uh, you know, lenses <laughs> and how most of what we take in is not really reality, yes. like the one of those. And, yes. And now Frames it's- Frames of reference. Really true, stuff. dude. Yeah, it is. It seems like it. Yeah. So when you're growing up, so you, okay, we established Pepe's. Yes. And uh, and that was it for you. No, yeah. no, no clam pie at <laughs> Sally's? 
No, I, Sally's was not. I don't know why, but my father wouldn't go there. He wouldn't set foot in there. My grandfather was settled in New Haven yeah. when they came from Italy. Okay. So my grandfather had already grow, grown up there going to Pepe's. So I, oh, so, I know. Pe so it was a family institution. I think so, yeah. I didn't know anything about this New Haven pizza shit until like a few years ago. Oh, really? A, yeah, and there's a guy named Dean Falzone who like, you know, he's got a, a brother-in-law yeah. or something that you know, wrote a book about it. He made a movie about yeah. New Haven pizza. It's a thing, yeah. No, I know it's a thing, yeah, but it's, a it's very thing. specific. It's very a, specific. It's not nationwide. It's like a coded thing. Like, there's only people who, who know New Haven. It's not like Chicago pizza versus New York pizza. No. When you bring up New Haven, they're like, it's what a, are you talking about? Yeah. It's only, they don't make it anywhere else. They really don't, though. I've never had any pizza like it anywhere else in the world, even. Is not it even great, though? I think it's great. Yeah. But- like my son, I took my son to have it, and he yeah. was sort of lukewarm about it. Yeah, well, I he mean, was not impressed. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it, it didn't make sense. No, it doesn't it was quite like, make. This is weird. Yeah, I where's the it. sauce? It's too burned. Yeah, it's too burned. It's, it's too chewy and too burned. And it was like it's so, an acquired taste, kid. Fair enough. Yeah, no, yeah. it was, and I had to keep saying no. But I keep insisting this is really the. I mean, and for me, it is. So. Yeah. Nothing compares to it. And but what? Because the times I've gone to New Haven a couple times. I play at that. What's that? That theater there? Is this not the State the, Theater? The, the, it's the a little theater. Shoop, not the Schubert. No, it's like it's right across from the place that makes the horrible burgers with the press. You know that Louis <laughs> Louis lunch, yeah, where they claim to have invented the, the hamburger, the, the cheeseburger with, with the with the machine, <laughs> with the nasty blackened crusty fucking... things, with the upright the vertical grills, yeah, the vertical grills, yeah, so the fat drips out nicely, yeah, so, yeah. Know, so it's nice and. You but know. it's like right across from that the theater, and I can't. Yeah, remember I what, know what you mean. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, but uh, you it's, know, yeah. so I go back and I'm there, and I go to the museum, and, I, and I'm on the Yale campus a little bit. The, yeah, the art, the art museum? museum's great. You ever been yeah. to the to the Natural History Museum, no. the Peabody Museum. You no. should next time you're in New Haven. Yeah, go to the Peabody. I, I stay at that pretty hotel that's sort of a, a yeah. library themed yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I can tell you there was never anything like that. No, it's weird when I see that hotel. It looks like a hotel from Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah, like it landed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like and when I see that in New Haven, which was really a dumpy. City. It was. Well, Terrible. that's the question, because you go back, was it, when you were growing up, was the Italian neighborhood still intact? Pretty, pretty Italian. Oh, yeah. really? That's where my grandfather grew up, yeah. So you would go over to your grandfather's? No, no. At that point, they lived up in Massachusetts. My dad was born in Boston and lived in that area, Massachusetts. All right. And so, uh, but my, I still had relatives in New Haven. Yeah. Italian relatives. Now? My, my yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't see them. <laughs> I don't see them anymore. Yeah. But there, yeah, there's definitely a lot of Italians. Both, still there. but your mom's not Italian. No, no, no. She was from New Jersey. She yeah. was from Plainfield, Jersey, Jersey. All right. She was from Jersey Shore and then Plainfield. I got Jersey Shore people. Do you? Yeah, I think that uh, that's where my father's uh, family landed. So what? So when you're growing up, you got how many siblings? I had uh, I had two. I, now I just have one. My, yeah, my sister died in June. I'm sorry. That's, that's uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, and oh, you got the brother. I have a brother. Who's the actor? Who is also an actor. How's that going with you two? It seems to be going okay. He yeah. teaches it now. Too, oh, so oh, good for him. He teaches at Temple. Yeah, it's right. He teaches at Temple. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. It's, it's almost like when, you know, somebody, you know, kind of breaks away from the dream. Yeah. You're like, congratulations. You know, and you, you <laughs> did it. With... Yeah. You should listen. Absolutely. And he's in, yep. And he's out there at Temple. He still acts, but I, now he teaches and I, I think he's a good, really good teacher. And he's 
happy? I think he's happier oh, than that's probably, fucking, yeah. That's such good news. When yeah. I see somebody in comedy who I haven't seen in a while, and they're right. like, oh, yeah, I got out a long time ago, and I'm doing this, and I'm like, oh, good for you. Good Congratulations. For you. I feel the same way. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, I feel the same way. Because same way. I think when you're in it long enough, even uh, with the career that you have, you know no. that that it's like like one you know one job to the next. Absolutely, chain smoking jobs, uh, just chain smoking, doing several jobs at once. Well, I you work all the that. time. Like I, I mean, used geez. to do that. What? Like I do two or three jobs at the same time. Like uh, like acting jobs. Yeah. Uh-huh. I do two movies or something. Yeah. It's stupid. Just because like, of my panic. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> completely because of panic. I was like, I can't. I'm gonna. It's a shark thing. If I stop moving, I'm gonna die. <laughs> They're gonna forget. They're gonna forget. I'm gonna. Everybody's gonna forget. Oh, so I would do multiple things at once. So your dad was a, a English <laughs> professor. He was a. Um, Comparative literature professor, so oh, yeah. it was English and Italian stuff. Huh? And you grew yeah. up in that. The, yeah. The weight of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked it though, because yeah. again, it's like I liked yeah, the libraries could, yeah. and all that stuff. It's so, such a nice way to grow it's up. It's a really because, nice way to grow it, up because it feels important. Yeah. It feels so. It's also very cozy. Yeah. It's cozy. It's yeah, like yeah, leather yeah, armchairs yeah, 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 yeah. and lamps. And, and if there's ever a disruption, you're like, who let them in? Yeah, <laughs> totally. And people, there's pipe smoke. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. smell people's, my father's yeah, colleagues, yeah. the pipe smoke. Uh, it's cozy. Oh, yeah. But that's deceptive because it's a fucking shark tank. It's a shark tank. And, and also, it turns out a, a lot of it is just a big uh, racket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the college also racket. Also a huge racket. Yeah. Yep. Also a huge racket. Uh, but you decided not to go into uh, arts and letters. You went into acting. How's that? But you did. Were you seeing productions at Yale? I mean, uh, what inspired you to do it? Yeah, I mean, there was yeah, there was there was stuff at the Yale Rep, and there was there were other theaters. There was this long the place called the Long Wharf Theater, which was like a regional theater. Yeah, my parents, you know, it's it's a university, so it's an artsy yeah, it's an artsy environment. Yeah, so it's like, and my mom was really into taking us to plays, and my dad too, and. And movies and yeah. stuff. So it was a lot of that. It's so I feel like we like I'm I'm just barely a boomer and you're sort of the next one. Yeah. But like there's this like this area there where we you know where it was the last sort of you know gasp of of that type of culture where yeah. we were actually part of that first generation revival movie house stuff. That, yes. You know all that stuff that yeah, happened. Big, yeah. In, very much so. In the yeah. 30s, 40s, and 50s yeah. was being you know yeah. kind of assessed. Yeah. And That's yeah, right. And, yeah. And uh, coming back and you yeah. absorbing all of that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And like it's coming back now a little bit. Like there's like in this town there's revival houses again. Yeah. American Cinematheque is doing a thing. Really. Yeah. Is it like the silent movie theater thing still? Does that place still exist? It's a it's a movie theater, but it's no longer the silent movie theater. It's not just silent It movies. doesn't go, well, it doesn't go that far back, you know, but, you know, Tarantino's got his theater. Right, yeah. When it's not running, you know, weird grindhouse things yeah. that, you know, nine people want to see, they've got... <laughs> Some, they, some like Singaporean like yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Yeah. blood like, fest yeah, exactly yeah, cannibalism movie but like I like, went over there and I saw uh, you know the in-laws recently yeah, and great. Like, they let me and I saw I went to American Cinematheque they let me host a screening and I yeah. chose Dog Day yeah. and they found a perfect print of it oh and it amazing was, 
Dude, when was the last time you watched that? Movie? I haven't seen that in a while. Holy and shit! I, I would like. You know, I saw last night. I saw Blue Velvet was on TV. I, last I want night. you. To, I saw that at Tarantino's oh place. Oh my god, that movie is perfect, almost perfect. When, when was what the last time fuck? you saw it? I don't think I'd seen it in maybe fifteen years. Right, I think I saw it when it came out, and I'm. Seeing I saw it. it when it came out, and then I think I saw it again, and this was maybe the third time ever. I mean, it was a movie when I first saw it. I thought it was amazing. But, I did too, but uh, I, I didn't realize that there was actually a story. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> no, no, that's really funny you say that yeah because because the last time i saw it and this time i saw it i was like oh there's like a real yeah, kind of like pulpy noir yeah, story right. going on didn't notice it completely <laughs> didn't get it the first time no not at all and actually it's kind of great and yeah. i was like oh it's like one of those yeah. noir movies exactly. i didn't really get that yeah though. because we were overwhelmed with the lynchian thing. <laughs> yes and dennis hopper which yeah was actually like, that was the whole thing when i was he's younger not even in it that much which i also realized yeah too. i couldn't believe that there was a story and it, it happened <laughs> I couldn't believe it either. And there's a real story. Totally. Yeah, genuinely it's, a story. It, that's what it is about something. <laughs> I know. It's I not know. just about like that drug dealers. Yes. Yeah. But that's an interesting thing to me uh, is that as I get older, like the stuff that struck me as weird when I was younger yeah. no longer seems as weird. Now it seems, and I don't know whether that's age, but now it just seems normal to me. Well, no, because I think like when- things that seem so surreal and but, strange. And now I look at it and I'm, I look at that movie now. It was so strange then. Now I look at it and I go, yeah. Right. It, doesn't, it seems like realism to well, me yeah, now. Well, but I think there's also the fact that when we're younger and we're <clears throat> aspiring to be, you know, either uh, intellectual yeah. or an artist, or a you know a film guy yeah. or, yeah, that you're you know, looking you're, for you're wide open yeah but you're just wide open and you don't even know how to assess things that's true right yes, yes. and you're looking for I was looking for weirdness sure weirdness was going to be more sure as, like, as we've talked about sure. the we were trying fucking guys. we were trying to become the marginal guy yes. there's, there's got to be a path. <laughs> That, there has that, to be a training. <laughs> you got to train yourself to be the marginal guy. That's well, right, though. I yeah. had the same experience with Paris, Texas, which I saw yeah. when it came out, and I had no idea what it was about. No, but a lot of things are like that. Uh, I remember. Uh, I remember making. <laughs> I remember yeah. making myself watch the movie Solaris. You ever oh, seen that, yeah, that yeah. Russian? The that original one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Making myself watch it. And it was oh, fucking, it felt like it was 17 hours long. Yeah. It was just brutal. I don't even that know. It felt like I... I'd been beaten up afterwards. And they remade that, didn't they, with Clooney? Yeah, I never, I've never seen that. Either. But then I saw it again not that long ago. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a story. It's actually pretty coherent. It's not that. And then you're kind of like, okay, all right, it's weird, but it's yeah. not. But I just remember it being this mad fucking thing. But you're right. Your brain is not formed. It's, I think that's it. No, your brain really, literally isn't yeah. formed still. Yeah. My, my son is 22 years old. I'm yeah. like, his brain's still not formed. It, you, yeah. You're just taking stuff in. Yeah. Still, yeah. Do you have any of your movies that you like look at and you're like, oh my God, what was that? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. I don't watch. I don't watch a whole lot of them. I, but like weird, some of the weird. Yeah, I mean, I did this kids movie. That's probably the weirdest thing. Really? Yeah, I did this movie called um, Big Fat Liar. Yeah, that's like kids. Generations I of that. Yeah. generations of people have seen this thing. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it's really strange. Yeah. Well, maybe that's going to be one of those movies when these kids grow up. Like, I had no oh, idea no. what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That would be amazing if that was their fucking, if that was their, their Paris, Texas. <laughs> and their blue velvet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd love that, actually. That would be great. I've never even thought that that's 
going into people's kids' heads and it might be the same thing. I yeah. never thought about that. Yeah. That is fucking some bizarre thing that's of course haunt it a is. kid. Yeah. I know, but I never really think of that. My, I, t- I was recently exploring the fact that my grandparents actually accidentally took me and my brother when they were visiting us in New Mexico <laughs> to uh, see Deliverance, not knowing what it was, <laughs> like when it came out. Sure. And the weird thing about that, though, Paul, was that like I remember the the rape scene, mm. but it, all I remember, like, because I, I all I remember was there was a man in his underwear, mm-hmm. you know, and they're right, making him make weird. noises. Yeah, right. And that's all I remember. Sure. And then I watched it again recently. And I'm like, holy fuck! Holy shit! They really raped that. No, guy. That movie's terrifying. But and it, it, it my my child brain no, you didn't register it. it. No, you didn't get it. No, yeah, you didn't get exactly. It. No, you just didn't get it. This is the same with my Blue Velvet. Mo- my, my, my mother did <laughs> Blue Velvet. My mother did that stuff. Took us to like wildly inappropriate things like that. I'm glad because it went in. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. absorbed it. And that's cool because something went in there yeah, in, an, sure. in an interesting way. But I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. I, I remember seeing the conversation. Yeah, I, that's and it a was hard terrifying movie. to yeah. me. It was just scary. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I have no but idea what's going on. that guy's just taking apart his entire yes, house. I don't know what's going on. But it terrified me. Yeah, yeah. Because I absorbed the because menace of Because of the of obsession it. of it. I got the menace of right, it. Right, right, Nothing else. And that's a very, like, mental menace. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you feel the menace of it even as a little kid. So, <laughs> so you you decide you go to Yale undergrad. Yeah, and you study what? Uh, I studied English. I ended up studying English. Did you take English. your dad's class? No, he was not there anymore. Oh, he wasn't. No, no, he left. He'd left by then. And where'd he go? Uh, he sort of didn't do anything for a little while. He was he that a weird time? Yale. Probably for him it was. Yeah, were I'm your sure parents together? Yes, oh, they were. Uh, yes, yes, they were together. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, probably would have been better not to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he took like I. He took a couple of maybe a year or two before he. Yeah, became the baseball commissioner. Before he went into baseball, but he was the president of Yale. He was for years. No. Uh, not for that long. Uh, I think most of those guys stay in that job for years. Yeah. I don't think he liked doing it. It's hard to be a, a bureaucrat in academia. Yeah. My well, buddy's not, a, not fun, I don't think. He's a writer. He's a teacher at Columbia, and he's a brilliant guy. Yeah. Sam Lipsight. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, But, like, when you hear about what it takes to be, like, a tenured guy and just to deal with school no, like stuff. I said it's a shark tank, and it's like, I don't think he, I think, I think he thought that was going to be maybe more enjoyable than it was, and it wasn't. Yeah, because you're a manager. You're a manager (laughs) at the best. And it's like you're just the money, you're raising money the whole time. So when you did undergrad, did you learn anything? Um, What was your focus? I guess like American, sort of 19th century American stuff, like like Poe and Melville. Oh, really? Which was stuff I liked to read. So that was easier. I was a romantic uh, uh, literature. um, uh, It was my focus undergrad. (laughs) But both years, for the both semesters of the focus, it was at nine in the morning, yeah. and it was oh, tough Jesus going, Christ. dude. And I, and so you mean like like reading like uh, like Shelley, Byron, Yates, and Byron? Stuff? Yeah, I can't read poetry; it makes no sense. And to I, me. I was cramming it, My and like is not... I'm not. I think I might still have an incomplete. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I probably do. I'm pretty sure I probably do. It was, I think, it was a, a paper on Blake. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that stuff actually, I can read. That's sort. Of, some of that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but to yeah. Me. Well, yeah. It's but, very simple language. But then yeah, there are the drawings, it. and then there's you know you know just some books upon is. books of analysis. And I'm like, what are they seeing? <laughs> I know. Why are you? Oh. Well, that's a whole other thing. Is the critical I I shit I couldn't oh, read. Oh, yeah. No. So it was good because I was reading like Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. I'm reading like horror stories. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then you get you get done with that, and you decide like I don't want to teach. Well, because what I think the thing that I did, uh, 
I don't know that I learned much about it, but I did a lot of yeah. extracurricular theater right. as a graduate. Yeah. That's really what I ended so up like doing. So like the non-theater school theater yeah. company. Yeah. So that's what, so to, yeah. Like what plays whatever. you do? Whatever. You would do. Um, I did Indian Wants a Bronx. That kind of thing a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. I did, people did Hurley Burley <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that a lot. I didn't zoo do that. Story. We did, yeah, zoo Story. <laughs> we did Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh, that's bold. Yeah, that was bold because I think they didn't have the rights to it. Oh, right? When we did it. So I Nothing think like did. a bunch of 19 year olds yeah. doing oh. Glengarry. <laughs> Totally sitting around in trench coats trying to be like old old Jews from Chicago. No, totally powder, the white powder yeah, in your yeah. hair, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, though. Fantastic. I mean, so great that we had the fucking Solid, balls man. to do yeah. it. Everyone's We're, parents loved it. Absolutely. And it, I, who knows? Maybe it was good. Yeah. Maybe it was good. I think people maybe can suspend just it maybe yeah. it was good. <laughs> but stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, whatever. Just but you all took kinds to of it. Stuff. You were like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. So yeah. I think probably if I, I don't know if I learned anything, but that's what I did. Yeah. You know, mostly. Without any acting training at all. No. You were just doing it. Yeah. When <clears throat> you got into Yale Drama School, you did the audition, right? I did do the audition, yeah. Do you uh, remember what pieces you did? I did, um, uh, the Shakespeare thing I did was Richard II. The, he's the hunchback? No, that's no. Richard Third. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I saw. I, I should have I should have just done a hunchback for him anyway. But I, I saw William Hurt do that on Broadway, and the effort he, he put into the hunchback oh, it was so distracting. I couldn't. Right. Yeah. Well, I get a little distracted by. I will tell you, I saw. I was in Sweden once. Yeah. I was in Stockholm. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you were like. Yeah. We're in Sweden. I was in Sweden. Where's this going? I know. You were just like. Uh-huh. I saw and I walked by a theater and they were doing Richard III. It was in Swedish and I yeah. went in and watched and it was great. Yeah. Because it, it was all in Swedish. But the guy who played Richard III did nothing. He didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. He didn't have a hand. He didn't have a limp. He didn't have a hunchback. He did nothing. He yeah. just was weird. Yeah. And I was like, that was that was the best I've ever he seen. Took it done. the easy path. Yeah, well, no, I actually think it was the harder path. Yeah. I think the easier thing is to be all like, you know, the, but you got to stay in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. You do, you do, but it's kind of the easier thing because as long as you have some weird thing you're yeah, doing, yeah, 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 everybody's yeah, going to pay attention. He played Richard with a tick. It was just a like a minor. Tick. He did it towards he did, the end. He, he started having a weird tick, oh. but it was actually very. Yeah. Are you good with Are you good with Shakespeare? <laughs> I um uh yeah, I mean I got all the training in it and stuff. I've not I've hardly ever done any. Yeah. I did I played Hamlet. You did Hamlet. I did Hamlet like ten years ago. I was too old to do it. Yeah. But uh, that that's was always enjoyable. a good choice to you know to be too you, old. Yeah, to, to be too old to do Hamlet. <laughs> I just got to get I, this out of the way. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Somebody, the guy had asked me to do it when I was younger, and I didn't do it. I should have. But yeah. I didn't. I did it when I was too old. But and, it was fine. But I hadn't done any Shakespeare. But I don't what, know was, if I'm any good at it. I don't was know. it a revelation? Did you <clears throat> connect with it? <laughs> yes, I suppose I did. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I didn't know the play, actually, that well, and I'd never seen it before. I'm, so, not, I'm not good with Shakespeare. Neither I am I. I can't understand it. I take it. Uh, yeah. It's, well, it's, if you, I if can't you have, understand if you, it. If poetry's tricky, that's going to... Exactly. No, it's like I get lost at the language, and I've talked about it a lot, and I've had Ian McKellen, yeah. Sir Ian McKellen, sit where you're sitting and, and do, do it. it to my face. And you can't understand No, it. I got it then. Oh, you did? Well, he picked a good part. He made it clearer. Yeah, 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 but it was just a... It was a, a simple an, thing. It was an interesting... 
it had a it had a point and uh-huh. but it didn't you know make I still me... don't even when those amazing people do it it's great to hear their voices they have beautiful voices yeah. so you pay attention but I can't still can't follow it all right so you go to Yale now like that's hard right yeah it is yeah it's like it's it's nonstop and it's intense and there's a lot of physical training stuff that's hard and, yeah you know yeah it's nonstop but it was but it's good you're you're acting all the time and that's great you know? and, but you learn things yeah I mean I think you do just by repetition yeah. sort of like you just get a lot of yeah. experience yeah there. yeah yeah who, was there anybody in uh, in your group your crew that we know there was a guy named Lance Reddick who yeah. was in my class who was um, on The Wire oh yeah he was a terrific actor yeah he, he passed away at the beginning of the year oh. so he but he was great yeah and, and I think he's the guy who did a lot and yeah in a lot of things now do you cite Yale as the place that I mean do you go back do they have you come back no. and do no <laughs> No, they'll go back and hold a seminar, a master Whatever, class, yeah, and stuff like that. Like you, no. They give you an award, or anything. Uh, they gave me, they gave me a, a degree this year. Yeah. The university did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, they did. They did. They I, gave me an honorary degree. I have no idea why. It was very nice of them. Did you go was, dressed up in the? I had to wear the robe in the gown. The whole thing. Yeah, the hat, the yeah. floppy hat. Did you do a little floppy a little speech? Vel- velvety hat. Oh, I didn't have to do a speech. Thank no? God. You didn't do a no. presentation. No, I'm terrified of having to give. Like public speaking is really? the worst. No shit. I hate it. What happens? I freeze up. <laughs> I freeze up. I really do. I freeze up and I start saying shit that makes no sense. And I'll probably start swearing. That's good. Yeah. I would in, expect in you of... to yell. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think I get very quiet. I get very quiet. I get really cowed. I'm yeah. not good. I can't speak off the cuff publicly. Oh. No. I mean, I guess I'd have to prepare a speech, but then you then that's not going to work either. I don't like speaking in public speaking. So you just it. don't do it. No. I'm the guy I don't want to give a toast at a wedding. I can't stand it. Oh, so so like if you're in a group situation and you kind of feel it coming. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking terrifying. It's the worst. You're just waiting for Paul. Oh, oh God. No, please don't. And those kinds of things when it's like it used to be. But, you know, you're at a play. It's like a magic show. And yeah, somebody's yeah. asking you up on stage. Oh, Nothing God. would be a bigger fucking nightmare yeah, 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 than, yeah. than to be asked up on stage. Oh, it's like the that. worst. Because, the like, worst. Well, that's the funny because I get that, too. And like, and, and because I'm a com- I remember, like, I went back. Yeah, but you must be. I mean, you know. I don't like, like, I, like, I do a very specific thing. Yeah. And I've grown over the years to know that, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the guy. It's like, hey, we're having a few, uh, you know, we're, we're doing a, we're, we're honoring this person. You think you could do it? Like, <laughs> exactly. no, no, I can't. It's, no. A, it's all very. No. I do a very selfish thing. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, you're right. And it's like, I don't know how to do that. Don't ask me to come and yeah, give like, a get, get, heartfelt yeah, speech right. about somebody. I don't know. You have Jeff I, Ross do it. But then you I also it. feel like it's private i don't want if it's somebody i know it's also like i don't want to get up there and it's private but what is it that but that i mean because it seems like you feel the same thing i do it's like for some reason no matter how many years i've done what i do and i've got different uh, i have a spectrum of 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 ways i can do it i can be aggressive i can mm-hmm. you know take control and everything but that sort of thing where it's not the context no. for what i do no. and i'm asked to do it like i literally become i my entire sense of self collapses 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 and I don't know, and then I run. I like Rolodex through. Who am I supposed to be? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What? Who do I be? How do I do this? Like, it's, what do I do? What's because, the right behavior? Because I know Mimi will just really wants fun, to cry. But that's <laughs> totally or start yelling. Yeah, just yeah, fucking yell yeah, at people yeah, yeah, and yeah. talk about. Make no, them. that's really weird though. I find, I realized something recently that yeah. was really really chilling, and part of it was my sister once said to me. Yeah. She saw me on a talk show doing something, mm. and she was like, you know, she was a very intense person very smart 
And she was like, you are full of shit on that thing. I saw you and everything coming out of your mouth is just a lie. Yeah. And, and, I, and you know, she, she seemed so, and I thought, oh, I thought oh, I was doing really well on <laughs> yeah. that, wasn't right. I? And it's like, no. And I watch myself sometimes on a talk show and I go, I don't believe that guy yeah. at all. And then I'll see myself in a movie and I'll go, oh, I believe that. You do. But that's weird. Yeah. That's not right. I shouldn't be believe myself playing a character more than I believe myself just being me. That's weird. Yeah, but you're not just being you. It's heightened. Yeah. And there's an expectation. Yeah. And you've talked to a segment producer yep. and they've convinced you that yep. the story that you have yeah, is, is really gonna, great. It's going to land man. huge. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, it's so unnatural. Yeah. So it's, it's not you. It's really not you. You're, you're right. You're like right. if you go out there as you. But you're... I should be more convincing as me, shouldn't I? That I, that as a character. No, because, it, I... but you are convincing as you. We're having a nice conversation. <laughs> now, if this we were... feels less like that though. Well, there's not 500 people sitting exactly. here and, and, exactly. and a guy. And who... I don't know what we're going to say. Yeah. And that's actually part of it too. I don't know of what course. we're going to talk about. Well, you can't just go do that on television. But people, like, there are people who are really good at that. Few. Though. There are people that can do panel well, but yeah. it's just because they, they know how to tell the joke or tell land the story. But no one's going up there like the old – if you watch fucking old Dick Cavett shows, <laughs> the amount of dead air – Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Actually, you watch that and it's kind of shocking yeah, how, how not great it is. Oh, it's the worst. Or old Dick Carson's, Cavett's just terrible. With, Dick with, Cavett's really – I mean, God bless him. I mean, yeah. It's amazing what yeah. he does. But it's really awkward Oh, it's like it takes forever. Like even some of the old Carson's when it was an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah. Just like this dead air and <laughs> – Jokes not landing, and just spinning your wheels that's for a while, yeah, and that's like, what it looks like. Yeah, so like they've kind of refined it. You're right, and they have expectations. There was a time, Paul, where you could go on stage and just be like, "I don't really know what's really going on." Kind of bomb, and it was, you're right. Though. And it was that, enough. That's really interesting, though. You're right, yeah. and they've refined it to such a degree that people can't sort of like spin their wheels and bomb anymore. Like well, that. I can. I've done it a lot. <laughs> I, I have a whole reel of uh, panel appearances, but. But this is before they've refined it. Maybe. No, no, it was just said. <laughs> no. Like, well, no, there was a period there where I lived in New York, and if Conan got stuck for uh -huh. a guest, uh -huh. I'd usually have enough things in the in the uh, in the hopper that they just like, call you up. And yeah, go like because I was a panel guest, and uh -huh. I, I, I used to do sit down comedy. But I'd go out there with shit that wasn't quite prepared, <laughs> and, and then it became this dynamic that I didn't plan. Right. Like I would go on to Conan, and I would say something, and it would tank, and then I would get mad at the audience, <laughs> and Conan would be like, "This is Mark," and I'm like, "This, it's not Mark. I didn't want that to be me." And it Terrible. became a thing. Yes, right. Then it becomes a thing. Flailing. Right. Then it becomes a thing. But now I feel better about it because just recently <laughs> I've been able to let that go because I watch Rickles on Carson. I watch Rickles on Carson a lot. But dude, like 90% of it, he's just like he's drowning the second he gets out there. And, <laughs> but, and, but, and that, but that becomes funny. That's though, right. And that. half of it doesn't <clears throat> even make sense. He's fascinating because a lot of it doesn't make sense. Some of the funniest shit he says makes absolutely yeah. no Here sense. Here he goes with the hat and the ear. <laughs> And you're like, what? You're it's like, just, what does that but mean? It's so, it doesn't, but it's really fun. I know. So, okay, but... <laughs> So, like, when you get out of Yale, do you feel ready to go? You understand show business? Uh, when I get out of Yale drama school? Yeah. But, you know, I had a, I had a, I, I took through about two and a half years between um, undergraduate and graduate school where I lived in Seattle. And I, what? and I, and I, and I managed after a little bit of time to make a very small living as an actor. So in I'd, Seattle. In Seattle. At that time, Seattle was the number one city in America. They were making all these movies and TV shows. I didn't work at any of the regional theaters. Yeah. I worked at these little, there were a million little 
black box experimental oh, so, things. Oh, so were you doing new playwright stuff? Yes, a lot of shit like that, and and stuff like that, and then oh. and then doing like industrial films for Boeing. Oh yeah, well, and there's stuff like that, yeah, and yeah. then getting a day on a TV movie, a Linda Evans TV movie kind uh-huh. of thing, and having a day of that, and so managing to actually, so I actually, I kind of had experience of actually. Try being in the world trying to find acting. But work. that's funny because, you know, by doing that, you were able to hide the thing that most actors do in New York in front of everybody. What do you mean? Like the black box theater thing. Yeah. You, know, totally. you, you didn't have to start a theater <laughs> troupe or you know, get, true. get naked on, you know, <laughs> a Avenue lot of A. A lot of nudity. A <laughs> lot of nudity. But you were doing that I did secret. that. I did that in New York too, though, actually. Oh, you did? No, perfectly happy with that, though. Very proud of the, the being nudity? nude on things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. In but, New York? Nude in New York. Was nude, that the name of the show? Yeah, it should have been. I can't remember the name of the thing. I did it at La Mama. I was at La oh, Mama good. where yeah, you gotta get a lot, 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 yeah. lot of nudity. Yeah. It's required that you get naked at yeah. some point. So, uh, yeah. So, I had done... Ex- three years in You're Seattle. right. I'd done about three years, yeah. That's where like you that. really... That's where you probably built a, a, a certain amount of confidence anyways. I think so. Applying the, <clears throat> I think the, so. Uh, the so skill that set. When I went to drama school, I was kind of the only person that had actually been out in the world trying to do stuff. Oh, so. see, that's why... You know, when you got there. And then I decided I really need to hone my chops. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Put so my clothes so on and hone my yes. chops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I need to go back to school. And then how, how soon do you start working after? I, I started working pretty soon yeah. afterwards, uh, doing regional theater stuff. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Going so out to San stage. Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Doing stage stuff was mm. what I thought I was going to do. But I started working pretty regional consistently. Theater. Regional I mean, theater. How was that? Looking at that audience. Kind of great. Fantastic. Was it? <laughs> A lot of, you can hear the hiss of the oxygen tanks. <laughs> just the tss- you can hear the lady oh, old, you know, just the, yeah. The but, challenge of theater, dude. When I talk oh. to, I've talked to Annie Baker and, and yep. what's that guy, Stephen Karam, is that his yep. name? Yeah, yeah. And just like the, the nature of theater, even yeah. when you're doing bold new stuff, it's still like, here and, they come. And those, in those situations, it's tough. But, you know, they get loyal audiences in those places, so it's nice. They show up. Did yeah. you ever do any kind of theater like that or anything? Not really. I did, I did some plays in, in, in college, uh-huh. but I never... The pursuing the acting thing was, it was just too much for me. And I always wanted to be a comic. And I yeah. think for years I didn't even have, you know, representation as an actor. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like I think uh, like I had a, a pretty powerful manager that tried his best <laughs> and he would get favors occasionally from agents. <laughs> just, you know, send Mark out on something and see if it sticks. And <laughs> I'd do one edition and then the, they'd abandon me. Uh-huh. It, didn't, uh-huh. it didn't really come around until yeah. recently. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get the hang of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I do all right. But like, I, I still don't feel like, you know, I was so in it. Yeah. You do. I do. Yeah. But I don't do the like methody thing, but I can feel like I'm in it. Yeah, definitely. But like in terms and of- accents can make me feel like I'm more in it. Yeah. Because you know? I rewatched, uh, you know, I don't I, I watched the new movie. I watched the holdovers. I watched Sideways at least twice a year. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> God, I just, you like it. Good. I, I can't. I can't. I have to watch it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But you know, it's interesting with the holdovers. I actually- was started out before I didn't ever do it on film, but I was like, maybe this guy should have some kind of old school New Englandy thing, and I did that for a while when we were rehearsing. Yeah. And I, it was like, nah, I don't need to do this. But I'm glad I did it because I actually think it helped in Put the way I played the, the guy. Yeah, it actually helped. And I, yeah. I imagine that your childhood probably helped as well. Yes. Uh, you for know, sure. In, All in these term, people, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. in terms of like uh, knowing that world. Yes, all those people. And the sort of weird kind of uh, yeah. you know, self-importance <laughs> yes, that self- crumbles throughout the movie. Totally, that kind of self-importance. But I think that kind of self-importance in general is really funny. Yeah. I find that kind of thing very funny. Especially when, like, when <laughs> it, it's, it's so fragile. Yes, and it is it, super totally. fragile with guys like that, you know. And it's yeah. like because it's all it's all based just on this kind of like high intellect, and then that intellect only alienates you more and doesn't hold up really yeah. outside of that narrow world that you're in. And, and so, he yeah. gave you, and that was and that was the that was the confines of that of that character in the movie. Yes, it was. It wasn't a choice. No, that's it what was, the guy's he going lived through. There. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Well, he's. He's come to rest at this place. It's the only place he feels safe. He's marginal. Yeah. He's one of these marginal people. Yeah. But, but then it doesn't support him anywhere else but that place. Yeah. So, and when he gets out in the world. Or with anybody, if he's forced, yeah. if he's then forced to have to sit with two other people alone for two weeks, then it falls apart because it doesn't really, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it, but, but these characters, some of the characters you do. You know, I I don't know all of them, but there is that element. You know, I don't think in John Adams, but there. <laughs> well, no, what? what what element of well that that the 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 real comedy heart of it uh-huh. is is the the sort of abrasiveness of the of the of the confidence yes. that is is so you know misguided the, and it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't land and it, right. when it crumbles it's like the best yes i agree i actually i mean i think it's true of john adams it's not necessarily that is silly funny but it's the same thing yeah i mean it's a guy who's just so convinced of his own rightness <laughs> and his own intellect and his own ability to carry out shit yeah and nobody cares nobody wants to listen to him <laughs> nobody cares and it's like you know he's a pain in the ass yeah he's so convinced he's just a it's a little different with him i guess but it's like but it's the same thing it's, yeah, I don't know why I end up having to do that all the time, but I do a lot of times. Well, I but I, I like I imagine no one ever has to give you this direction. Hey, Paul, could you come in hot? <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, I do. I would say though that no, it's true, it's true. <laughs> but I would say that more, more, more than more than you might think. Yeah. I have people be kind of like. You know, yeah, just really get more weight. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do it. But more than you would think. Yeah. More than you would think. Can, can you bring it up a little? As, yes. As I'm getting older, I definitely am like, I just want to be quieter. I just want to sit and be quieter. Yeah. Because I'm old. I'm yeah. getting old. I know. It's weird to feel that, isn't yes, it? Yes. I'm getting old. But so did, it's did, like, but this movie, you've worked with, the, like, with Alexander Payne before. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those kind of uh, hard to define genres where, you know, is, essentially it's mostly comedy. Yeah. But but it doesn't play out in a standard comedic structure. No. Yeah. It's it, not it, jokey. But also the real. ending is not, there's no, no kind of reunion or re, it, it's a no. it's a dramatic ending yes and no but there's no great transformations or anything mm-hmm. like that there's no lessons learned there's no big lessons learned clearly learned in any way well you get there's a little humbled. movement forward yes I, yes yes i mean the transformation but is he happens change is yeah. he really gonna change much that guy will he go off because people have said to me about this movie yeah you know, at the end, I, I, I take a sip of cognac and yeah. spit it out the window. They're like, so he's not going to drink anymore. I'm like, I'm no, like, he's no, going to no. keep drinking. I'm like, you know, he's no, that not. Was, that was a fuck you to the Yes, D. exactly. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, I, lessons are learned, but will they stick? I don't know. Well, I think the lesson is, like, it's interesting about transformation, like, as being a, a objective of, of dramatic narrative. Yes. Because, like, you know, is it enough that you you 
took the action you did at the end of that movie? Yes. To to say that that character transformed? I'd say yes. Would you? Would you I, I, it could be, yeah. I, I, and I don't want to give away the ending. No, I no, think but it, I think that's, I think it's, it's definitely a change. You, yeah. you give up your entire yeah, he gives comfort up everything. of existence. He does give up everything. But how much did he want to get out of there anyway? Was he tired of it anyway? And this is a way Yeah, but out. he was a dreamer. And, you know, yeah. he lived in this fantasy of what yes. he would do, yep. which is write a book. And, yeah, you know, never like, going to yeah. do. Well, never yeah, you do don't think anyway. he's driving away and he's going to make it to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I think I think there's people who do though want that to be the case, right? But the second half of that story I is what we assume happened. Like, well, we don't want to think about what happens to those guys in the coffee shops. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I don't. So what you're saying is true, but I do think some people want to play it out as a bigger transformation than it might be. I don't know. All mm. I'm saying is I don't know. I don't know. Now, I'm, I'm going to discuss a, a, an issue I had with that movie because oh I'm God. not going to talk to Payne about it. But and it's like it's it's minor because I yeah. enjoyed the movie. Yeah, okay. But but just like in in, in your understanding of the script, mm-hmm. when all the other kids get on the helicopter, where the fuck are they going? They're going skiing somewhere, aren't they? They're going all of them, even the two trip. little ones. Yeah, I think with so. the Korean kids going skiing. <laughs> I think they're just all okay, going right, to go. Yeah. Well, that, mean, was the white, might... that was clear. Yeah, but, but okay, it was like, okay, wait, okay. Wait, what I'm no, saying it's an is interesting. like, I would, I would say we had to get rid of the four kids. Al- Alex, yes, they did. <laughs> and Alexander gets asked this question, and I see he him. Does? And he goes and he says, "What is the phrase? Um, it's like the Greek uh, Deus ex machina." Right, oh, like sure. God out of God yeah. out of the the God in the machine, God from the machine. He's like, it's a little bit Deus Ex Machina. Wow, it's a little bit like something has yeah, to happen. Yeah, to that's get them like out of code there. for a script problem. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I mean, it's listen. It's the oh, it's, I it's, love tr- it. it's traditional. Deus Ex Machina. It's like, look, let's just do it. Yeah. You know, the the story is strong enough. It's not going <laughs> to... It can sustain it. It can hold it. People will go with it. Absolutely. 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 In other words, we don't have another solution for this. But get them out we, of here. They just need to... I would like to think the two young kids are going to sit in the ski lodge. Okay. Maybe they won't sure. go skiing. Sure. And, and, and they were able to track down the missionaries to get <laughs> Mormon, permission. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah The yeah, Mormon yeah. kid. Yeah. Well, and, oh, that's and a good point, Within a couple too. hours, that's... they were able to find the... The, the Mormon parents. Now you're, were, that, you're thinking about it way more than I think anybody did. <laughs> no, Deus es machina. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not, it, it's not, it, it was, it didn't, it wasn't a problem for it didn't me in the story. mar your experience. No, but badly. I was sort of like, where'd those kids go? I think, I think, I don't know that you're alone in that film. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I, I think some people are like a little too convenient. Oh, I didn't think it was too convenient, but, but that's me. I'm on board. Gotta, but see, I'm on thing, board with the job. But the weird thing is, is like, it's only because of, you know, the convincing reality of, of the else. movie yeah. that like yeah. you yeah things like that happen in movies all the time yes yes you, 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 yes, you know what i mean true. it's like all of a it's sudden true. like yeah. i watched a cinderella man last night i, uh-huh. I don't know if i i think i mentioned really? that i watched no, it again you, yeah you know because i was like oh maybe i should you know just bone like, up yeah. just brush up bone up on well it was it, it's it's a weird thing and i've i've started to do it more like i've seen many of your movies oh. and but but uh like I don't always remember the movies, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that was a big one. They nominated mm-hmm. for an Oscar, mm-hmm. and uh, and I and I watched it, and I was only going to just kind of get a feel, but then you're, I'm in, you know. I, yeah. I got to do the That's whole thing. Like yeah, that one's right? All like yeah, that one's very. And uh, but but again, you know, as a do you do you, do you have a problem with the uh, character actor title? No, right. I don't really necessarily know what it means, but it's like no, I don't. I mean, I think I, I think I knew what it used to mean. I don't really know what it means now. No, 
I don't know. Like what it used to mean was sort of but like you, you know you William, William Demarest is going to show up and be the cranky <laughs> bus driver or well, something. So it know? still means well, that. Bill Demarest <laughs> does it though. <laughs> Who Bill, do we got for this? Bill, uh, Bill Demarest yeah, is going to show yeah, yeah. up and be the cranky Who's the, janitor. Yeah. Oh, so I, I guess I guess it is what it still means. Is that what it still means? We want to, let's like, see if we get uh, Giamatti. He's going to show up and be the feisty trainer. Yeah, we'll get Giamatti. He'll be the feisty teacher. It'll be the crusty but lovable. What is crusty but lovable? That's network. When yeah, they yeah, talk yeah, about sure. the crusty but yeah. lovable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Okay, yeah. that's still what it means. No, I have I have really no problem with it then if that's what it still means. Because it's like, yeah, you'd be the crusty but lovable hotel manager or something. Yeah. yeah. Then if that's what it means, yeah. I really have no problem with it because I love those guys. Yeah. Well, I, well, I love that stuff. But, yeah, but it, it's a great character because, you know, you're able to do whatever. Oh, Cinderella Man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you know, that scene where where she shows up at his apartment, it's like it's great. It's, it's great. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. It's and fun. there's emotion yeah. into it. Yes, yeah. It's a little, little. Now, when you're working like with someone like Russell Crowe, like mm. you know, is you know, what is that experience for you? Do you, are you coming at it from a different place, generally, or do you not think about that? No, it nah. didn't. No, with him it wasn't different. No, because no. he's pretty like straightforward. Now he does it. It's there wasn't anything. It didn't feel different in any way no yeah have you had experiences on set where you're well, like all right he's gonna do this work and i'll just yeah, wait over here yeah, yeah i did this i did a movie with jim carrey where he did this full-on like i'm immersed all the time thing oh the the andy uh, kaufman movie Man on the moon yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 he's immersed all the time in whatever it is yes that's true <laughs> that's true but he really did the whole like, yeah, yeah, nine yeah. yards like the uh daniel day lewis thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Who I hear that when you do it with him, it's like it, you don't really notice it in a way. It's yeah, like yeah. he's so in it that he's so good that you believe you're hanging you out do. with Abe Lincoln. Exactly. Well, that's what people I know who did that said. <laughs> they walk in the room and it's like, oh my God, it's Abe Lincoln. Yeah. 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 Let's well, go talk to Abe Lincoln. Yeah, but that people said that's what it was like. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. How'd you not get in that movie? I don't know. <laughs> I was a little irked that I wasn't in that. I wasn't the crusty but lovable, you know, Secretary yeah. of yeah. Commerce. Or Congressman. <laughs> Congressman. There definitely yeah, was a role in there for from, you. Congressman yeah. from, you know, wherever, yeah. North Carolina or whatever. Crusty but lovable. But, you know, a nice turn at the end. You know, something. Oh, he comes around at the end and yeah. votes. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I, no, I was a little bit like, I can't be in that. But I wonder that every would, actor in Hollywood is in that movie. Hollywood's in that. But also it was a little bit like, uh, maybe it would be confusing if I did that because I'd been. I'd been John uh, Adams yes, already? exactly. That might have been confusing. Yeah. Do you, but do you, uh, do you feel like you're typecasted? sometimes yeah sometimes yeah. i think the bigger roles that i yeah. do are kind of similar yeah yeah, yeah. which and is you know that's is it okay though. yeah i did because they're good roles yeah though. yeah yeah you know what i mean it's yeah. like i have good stuff to do in them yeah, yeah. so that's so you really you you, you yeah. still like having yeah 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 you the, get the smaller roles got more interesting as time went on yeah, I got more kind of varied. Felt a little bit more varied in the smaller things. Now, I, and and this is not meant as an insult. It's just meant. <laughs> okay. uh, I haven't I haven't seen Billions. Uh huh. Now it must be odd that, it, that at this point in your career, there are some people that only know you from Billions. Yeah, well, it, that's always weird, though. Yeah. The, whatever the hell is the thing, then it becomes yeah. the thing people know you for for a while. And it's been on for a while. It was on forever. It was on. It's for done. Seven eight years. It's done. But like I was in radio for years, and your big break was a, like a guy that was very familiar to me. The, that actual guy? Well, just the radio. Yes, the radio. The, that guy, guy exists in radio. You were in, in radio. That's right. You Air did, America. Yes, that's right. You did all of that. Yeah, for a couple What's years. What's his name? Sam Cedar? Yeah, Cedar. Yes. Sure, yeah. 
Is it still? He does a thing. <laughs> Sam and I did a, a streaming video show when the uh, when yeah. no one was able to stream yet, <laughs> and we did that. <laughs> Interesting. We, and we go way back, Cedar. Yes. And yeah. uh, no, I he's did, still. I did a thing with him years ago. I did a pilot. I did a, a sitcom briefly with yeah. Sam Cedar. Yeah. Many years. ago. He was funny. Really funny. He really was. Really nice it, guy. He was. He's very funny in a very specific way, but yes. he's also very uh, uh, opinionated, argumentative, awesome. and uh, you know, uh, relentless. He does a, a thing called Majority Report. Uh huh. And it's still like that's his bread yes. and butter. It's okay. a he's uh, a progressive cool. uh, podcast guy. Nice. Very good. Yeah. But like, do you think that that private parts like that like not it puts you on the map? But on some level, you've been in that zone forever. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely, and it was really fun, and it definitely was something I yeah. had more to do than I'd ever had to do before. But you know, I kind of there's some funny way in which I was. Somebody asked me once, you know, when you were recently when you were a kid and yeah. you did plays in school and grade school, yeah. and uh, they said, "What was the thing that you did in grade school and you loved?" And I was like, "When I was in the fourth grade, we did the Pied Piper of Hamlin." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was sure. a little kids yeah, thing with yeah, the Pied yeah. Piper of Hamlin. Somebody said, "Who would you play?" And I said, "The corrupt mayor." <laughs> who rips the Pied Piper off, who says, I'm going to pay you to get all the rats out of town. Yeah. And then it's like, fuck you, I'm not going to pay you once yeah. all the rats are out of town. I'm like, I've kind of been doing the same thing ever since. <laughs> I was in the fourth grade. I'm kind of playing the petty bureaucrat. No matter what it is, yeah. there's like kind of the petty bureaucrat to the guy that I play a little bit. You know what I mean? The kind of... The small man who yeah. wants, uh, wants the power, but he can't really handle the power right. or something. You but that's I mean? not like really who you are. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. But it must be But fun. that's an interesting question. That's a whole question of how much is it you? How much is it like not you? How long do you spend with that question uh, daily? It's a, well, it's an, <laughs> it's an interesting question. <laughs> It's not every day. It's not a daily thing, but it definitely comes up. But that's an interesting question because you do sort of sometimes go, what is it about me that yeah. seems to be, that seems to translate into something, these kind of weird guys like this, yeah. complicated guys? I don't know. What well, is there a role that you're dying to do? I think, I don't know if there's anything I'm dying to do. I do, somebody asked me this, and I said, I would like to do the guy who, I, you know what, I'd, I'd like to guy, do the guy who doesn't talk very much. I'd like to do the kind of like, the silent guy. That'd be so hard for your fans. Like, what's wrong with Paul? Why is he not talking? Why is he not yelling? <laughs> is he, why is he... He's not yelling. He's not talking. Yeah. Because I have to have to play really hyper articulate people. And it's like, I'd like to play the kind of guy who just, just, I don't, for whatever reason, doesn't talk as much. Interesting. I did do one. I did do one movie where I didn't have to talk as much. And I actually. What went, movie was that? It's, um, I can't remember the title. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a thing I did. It's, it's a, it's a talk about the accent going in and out. Yeah. I did a Canadian accent. It was with Paul Rudd and I can't remember the title. Oh, that's oh all right. God. It happens. You've done a hundred movies. But this is the memory thing I was talking about. Well, like, but I you've done a hundred movies. This. You know, there's some guys like, you know. It'll come to me. I've, I've learned it like with certain actors, like they do but movies. That, the, the, the only thing that gets them to do the movie, it's like, all right, so it's two weeks and it's here. Okay. Two weeks and it's here. Or here. it's like, it's two weeks and it's. Australia, or yeah. something like that. That's as long, a big as thing. As long as it's not a month or well, two months. You yeah, don't mind? I don't know. I don't mind right. that. As long as I'm not having to carry the thing. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy going to. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No travel was a big part of it. So, so your your father, <laughs> before he uh, tragically died, very young, was a baseball commissioner, and it seems like that was a big part of your life, baseball. Or big, you're. I was not a big. I was not a oh, big you fan. No, because oh, I was going to wonder if you ever did a baseball movie. Uh, I have done a baseball movie. Which one? I did a weird baseball movie. Oh. It's called... <laughs> uh, it's called... 
The Phenom. Okay. It's a weird little, it's a good little movie, yeah. though, actually. Yeah. And it's about a pitcher who gets the, um, you know, he gets the- Do you the, play a scout or a manager? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> it's about a guy. Hold on. Steady. This might come as a surprise to you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it's about a guy, a pitcher who gets the yips. Uh, you know, he can't. You can't get it over the plate. Oh. And so I play as uh, a sports psychologist. Wow. I know, big switch. And so I play a sports psychologist, and Ethan Hawke is in it and plays the kid's father. Yeah. It's actually a really oh, that's interesting. interesting movie. Ethan, he's great in it. He's, he's an interesting it. Direct, uh, actor, Ethan Yeah, Hawk, he's great. Because he can really do it, and he's very intellectual about it. Yeah, and he, he gets, is, actually. And he's yeah. very focused. He, I talked to him once, and it was like, the, I never forgot it. Where you know, he he got cast in Training Day with Denzel. Uh-huh. So what he did was, you know, not unlike uh, you know a football team watching the the other teams, you know, games yeah, stealing their signal. Oh, right, no, okay. just like yeah, studying their games. He, he did that with Denzel. He did that with all his movies, so he didn't get fucking eaten. So he wasn't like getting in there and just being like, "Holy shit!" Well, just being like plowed under. But he wouldn't have anyway, I don't. No, I don't think so, but I like yeah. the prep. Yeah, that is like that. It's just sort of like, all right, this is how he's going to come I at me. I just saw the Equalizer 3 on a plane. God, they're Denzel. satisfying, aren't they? So satisfying. <laughs> Holy shit, that movie was great. The it new one? Great, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to watch really it. It was really good. It falls apart a little bit at the end, but it was really good. Really? Did the kids leave on a helicopter? <laughs> 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 oh boy! <laughs> uh, no, but not you know, not far from that. <laughs> not far from that. Yeah, and along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Along those lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Really it's satisfying. Good. I don't watch a lot of that stuff. I like there, action it, movies. You do? Yeah. yeah. What are, do you watch the John Wicks? Yeah, I uh, like those. those I haven't those seen good? the latest one. I haven't seen any of that them. That guy I mentioned before, Lance Reddick, my friend who died, he was in all of those. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'd have to look at a picture of him. I'm sure, I'm yeah, sure I know who he is. Right. All right, so what do you? So what's what's happening now? You got a big day? <laughs> I <have> to, <laughs> no, actually, uh, okay. I have a very light day after this. Oh, you this. do? This has been heavy. Yeah. This has been heavy. <laughs> what are you kidding me? We've just laughed for an hour now. Um, I do a podcast. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Okay. I do <laughs> Do, do you really not believe me? Do you really think I come in here? What are you kidding me? I did Everyone, not steal your format, though. Every, it's, I don't I, want. No I know everybody does it. Don't they do that? Don't they? Everyone has something. Yeah, right. I mean, I. And, but I don't own the format. It was just very. But you know, but this you sort are of, kind of. You're like the first person to do this. The thoughtful, candid, you know, full, you know, engaged conversation thing. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of are, though, right? Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. So what are you doing with yours? Mine's all about, like, esoteric weird shit. Oh, like, in what what variety? And stuff like that. Yep. Ghosts, things like that. And and Yeah, I do a thing called Chinwag with a guy who's a philosopher. He's a philosophy professor. Wait, so you- At an art college in Chicago. Okay, so but what's the angle? Like you, he's skeptical. I'm less skeptical. But of like ghosts, we talk about all kinds of things. All kinds of things. We talk to a, a Roman historian. We talk to an Egyptian historian yeah. in Egypt. We talk to a guy who's a psychedelics researcher. We talk to a dream and sleep. It's just whatever weird topic. This is us. all part of the quest to be the guy in the coffee shop, Paul. It is. <laughs> no. It is. It full on is. You're not. It's not a joke. It really is. Yeah, you're like. It really is. It's fully embraced. If I can only have the courage. But it's to. No fucking joke. That's yeah. how I, I I I I say with all fucking seriousness yeah. and candor. I got tired of not talking about shit like this, uh-huh. Sasquatch uh-huh. And, and shit like this, uh-huh. and like precognitive dreams and stuff. Uh-huh. I really did. Uh-huh. Because I, I, I'm interested. And so I was like, I'm 56. Who knows how much longer I'm going to live? Uh-huh. So I want to talk about this stuff. 
But and I have a buddy who likes to talk about it too. No, I get it. But yeah. like you know, I've gone through you know periods of that. Like I. Like Being I, interested in stuff like that. Well, well, what happened to me, it, how I learned my lesson around managing my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that, uh, you know, when I was younger, uh, you know, I had, a, like, I did a lot of cocaine. Uh-huh. And I was out here at the comedy store, and, you know, it was right after college. I wanted yeah. to be a comic, and I got caught up with Kendison and, and that, oh, that wow. world. And, Holy like, cow. a lot of cocaine and a lot well, no sleep. Holy and So I, I, had, I got cocaine ah. psychosis. Right. And I was pretty sure that there was, like, a very dark, mystical So the next conspiracy. stop is, like, sure, yeah. So, the like, Illuminati no, everything was connected. The JFK well, that was, and stuff like that. That was or? part of that a little earlier. Yeah, that, that's now become QAnon. So you know where that goes. Yes. Right. And I talked to a—you should listen to my episode with this guy robert guffey who wrote a book called operation mindfuck have him on your podcast. i will that sounds great okay that's exactly the kind of thing sure yeah well what not what, stealing your shit though no you're not you're not, you're not no okay. but like i have to manage that because if you have a propensity yes to to the the mystical yes you know you've got Are you a believer in it like well who knows at that point if you're doing it, i used to say that like, and not sleeping you might well, but, but a, any conspiracy is satisfying because you're backloading a, a pattern Right. So, so yeah. you, you yeah, know, it's a narrative. Like it's, it's a satisfying. Like narrative. I remember, like I, I wrote a, a book, and, and there's a scene where my my buddy Jim worked in politics forever, like mm. in Washington for presidency. Like he was, you know, he's an advanced guy, but he's mm. been he's a guy, a Washington guy. And I'm, mm-hmm. I remember he takes me on this tour. Uh, this was, I think, it might have been before cocaine psychosis, but I was always <laughs> heading there. And I'm like, you know, we're walking around Washington, and I'm like, what is, you know, you know what this is about? Right. It's the Freemasons. Yeah, absolutely, the whole thing. And, and, and the and city's like, laid out. A sure, pattern. Exactly. I know. Yeah. So I yeah. go off on this whole rip, yeah. and and Jim looks at me and goes, "Mark, people here just aren't that organized." <laughs> that's true. I that's know absolutely it's true. true. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely right. And yet the Masons are the Masons. Right. The you Masons can become a Mason. Yes. Anybody. We could become Masons. Of easily. course. Yes. But you can't get the big. You know. You can't get up to the top. Sure, you know, and there's the whole sort of, you know, George Washington was wearing a Masonic apron at his inauguration. But was you, know, it really... you can see paintings of him of wearing course. a Masonic apron. Sure, but so they have fucking them in the, what? In the... <laughs> it's true. But all that shit is actually very boring. It's not anywhere near as interesting as you think it's going to be. There's a, you should go, have you been up to San Francisco to the Freemason Hall? There's a, no, like, there's a, a great th- one in San Francisco? It's a huge one, and I've done comedy there. It's a beautiful place, but they yeah. have a fairly uh, expansive Freemason Museum like history. I've been to the one in London, which mm. is like the central one in London, where they have a painting of uh, George Franklin? Washington and Ben Franklin. The Hellfire they, Club. They, oh no, I've not. That's a whole other thing, though. Mm. That's that's not connected with the Freemasons. No? That's just like a sex club, isn't yeah, it? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's all kind of connected. Illuminati's true. Actually, I got a bunch of books. You want some new books? Some literature. I'm ready to let go of the books. But but you're absolutely right when you say that. Basically, it's on track to be the fucking the marginal. The marginal weirdo at the university. Oh, yeah. Or it's just, yeah, it's interesting. It's exploring that. You just finally. don't have the guts, Paul. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, just, have to, uh, I have to hide behind a microphone and do it. In, and like, just lock in yeah. and lose yourself. I don't have so the guts. So the world would go like, holy shit, why is that guy at the protest? But I think, <laughs> oh my God, you mean to go full on that? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Sure. If it happens, I'm sure. I know, you've, I've known fairly sane people who have gone full on that way. Not, like QAnon? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you're right. I actually know a guy. Brain's kind of soft, dude. I knew I knew a guy yeah. who went that way. It's interesting because he was an old school. 
psychonaut hippie guy of course. from the 60s and right. 70s and where that dovetails with the same thing with the with the crazy right wing thing it's fascinating yeah but but that it was weird all the old hippie thing yeah but it was all a joke like, the illuminati was a joke yes, it was a prank yes, it's true it was all a prank it's all that church it was, of bob it, shit it's all that it was before that it, yeah, was, it, it was meant as a reaction that, to the john birch society right it's that, and it's a, uh, nice robert anton wilson and all that stuff yeah he was a joker it's a joke no. Was it really though? No, uh, so, okay. Or, I'm not going to do this with you. Maybe, <laughs> have me. <laughs> oh, will you be on my show? Maybe. Really? Yeah. Where do you tape it? <laughs> you could be here. I just do oh, it. Oh, you from do my it from home. a Zoom? Yeah, I do it from a Zoom. To tell you how I managed to keep this shit out? Yes. Oh yeah. That would be really interesting, actually. You kind of have to. You got to make a decision. Yeah, you know, there's you so do. much coming at you, and there's and because of algorithms, it's you know you, now it's even easier. Well, yeah, radicalizing like, people one way or the other is like it happens easy. in days. Yeah, so hours, matter oh. of hours. It sounds like, but that's that whole thing of the uh, with the accessibility and all this stuff. It's gotten too easy. Uh, I'll show you some books. Easy. You got some books. I do have some books. literature, some pamphlets. <laughs> I have an old mimeograph. But that's exactly it. Like at one time, you had to mimeograph this shit off. You have to have a, you had to have a mimeograph machine. Staple it. You staple it together. If you wanted to find this stuff, well, you know, it maybe, was hard to find any of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Even the UFO stuff, it was all harder to but, find. But well, you really got to track with a lot of the the propaganda that is conspiracy oriented is the the right wing drive yeah. of it. Because they, they, it essentially feels conserv. It essentially feels like a conservative impulse. Well, it's a de- it's a divide and conquer mindfuck. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know. So so the the actual corporate elites can just keep everybody you know yeah. fucked up and confused and Kinda. fascist if necessary. Yeah, yeah. But don't you do you think people have a propensity and natural hunger to want just fascism anyway? Of course. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier than tolerance. Way easier. Way easier. <laughs> hey, if everyone thinks the same. So much easier. Just yeah. turn it all over to that guy, he'll do everything. And also so just like easier. you know we can hate all these people and even kill them. Yeah. Great. I'm I'm annoyed. Like I've been annoyed for democracy is just a drag. It's a, it's it's exhausting. It's too hard. Yeah. Makes Let's not sell it too hard. Demands. Let's not sell it too hard. We're kind of like, well, it makes sense, Mark. I'm like, where's this going? <laughs> Jesus, Paul. Maybe you shouldn't do the podcast. No, I'm not, I'm not, no. no. That's interesting though. <laughs> yeah. The marginal guy, yeah. Good talking to you. Yeah, really good talking to you. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. How was that? That's what we do here. That is what we do here. Uh, The Holdovers is playing in theaters and available to stream on Peacock. What a great guy. I didn't even get his phone number. I should have got his fucking phone number so we could hang out. Can someone just get me Paul's phone number? Thank you. Hang out a minute, you guys. Hey, folks, this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. You know all those times you've heard guests sneeze on the show. Well, actually, you don't hear any of that because we cut the sneezes out when we're editing. But take my word for it, people definitely sneeze in here, and when they do, I've got a box of Kleenex on the table right in front of them so they can use one and get right back to business. And here's what Kleenex means 
means to me, a tissue that will hold up. We've all used those other tissues that you blow holes right through. When I see Kleenex, I know that tissue is up for the job. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Man, 1,500 episodes is a lot to take in if you're new to WTF. So for full Marin subscribers, we do archive deep dives where we walk you through some of the memorable episodes in our back catalog. We recently did one about our 200th episode. John Mulaney at the time asked, uh, what do you think is edgy in comedy? And uh, I'm interested to know if your answer to that is different than it was back then. Well, I, I, I think it's, it seems to me, for me, to, to be vulnerable enough to take real emotional risks on stage hmm. and, and, and figure out where, you know, the humor is in that and also to stay, to, to sort of, you know, keep your heart in the game with that stuff. The answer you gave uh, when he asked that was, it was instant. You said, being completely honest. Like, yeah. That's edgy. Which... I hear as different from what you just said. They're related. But what you're saying now about being vulnerable and showing that vulnerability. That's emotional honesty. Exactly. And it reflects a maturity and some corrections you've had to make in your life about that idea of just being completely honest. Like you have over the course of the last 12 years kind of redirected certain things because you feel there are things that can be kept personal or there are things that don't have to be shared or, you know, it's like that thing uh, you've talked about with, uh, with Louie <laughs> when you told him he had to talk about the Oklahoma city bombing, right? Yeah. Like uh, when he was going to do his Letterman show. But, but that's, but that's, that was different. I, I, I think that that honesty can be that a certain type of honesty can be in a, a defense mechanism and mm. it can, and it can be jarring and yes. it can be, you know, for effect. Well, that's the funny thing. You were likening it to people who did edgy comedy for effect at the time in this episode, you were like, you know, it doesn't take much to be like, I don't know, the Pope licks my balls or uh, yeah. Jesus lives in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that those are your two examples. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like, I, I'm going to bring that back. Jesus lives in my ass. <laughs> to sign up for the full Marin so you can get bonus episodes twice a week and every episode of WTF ad-free, go click on the link in the episode description or go to WTFpod.com and click on WTF+. Plus. This is a little guitar piece I call, Wouldn't Nicotine Be Nice? Now.
Boomer lives. Monkey and LaFonda, cat angels everywhere. <laughs>